What's good? It's your boy Darius. Yo, it's Josh. What's happening? It's Matt. You are now tuned in to the Dominate the Decade podcast, coming at you live from Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah. Let's go. Not you born hustling, nigga, stunning is my strong suit. Flexing with a honey cash, look at what these songs do. Can't stand the baller, baby, I do what I want to. I be with some steppers, I don't care about what you gon' do. Where shit like the Warriors, all my niggas gon' shoot. He gon' have to take a loss, so my niggas gon' to. Yo, what's up, fellas? How y'all boys doing? Coming at you live from the A. The other A. One of the A's. I was going to say, it's three A's. You got Aiken, Augusta, and Atlanta. We are currently broadcasting from Aiken, South Carolina, Adarius hometown. Adarius, give us some history on Aiken. Not really, but you know. Yeah, we out here in these streets. The, the rough streets of Aiken, South Carolina. Um, yeah, I was just chilling, just chilling. Good to see my boys. That's a fact. It's looking like a little ghost town right now, though. Everything's closed. We had uh, U of SC Aiken, so not too far from our own stopping grounds, but... Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty closed down. We found a little nice area. It feels great outside. Yeah. What's the mascot for USC versus Uh, The Pacers. The Pacers. Y'all want us to add because we're trying to get more people to go to your school by us broadcasting here. So contact uh, our email. We actually, no, don't contact our email address. But uh, we'll shout us out for y'all for the deal. Yo, why do they have a different mascot than Gamecocks? Like, if they're USC, why are they different? So... That's interesting because each one of the different USC campuses has like a different mascot. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They sports teams. Oh man, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. like they got the basketball and the baseball team here, mm-hmm. and like soccer too. I think they're yeah. wrestling too. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, so like here we're the Pacers because Aiken's a huge like horse town and like okay. Pacers a horse. Um, what was it? I'm trying to think. I know Buford. I th- somebody's the Sea Sharks, I think. Mm. Sounds familiar. Um. Lancaster has their own thing. Like, each one has different colors, too. Yeah. So, like, it's a whole other this whole thing. Coastal, they were... I think they were the Chanticleers yeah. before they were... Because it was, like, USC Florence, I think. Yeah, Dang, I didn't Or know USC that. Conway or something like that. Yeah, because my aunt played basketball... When, when my cousin played basketball there back in the day, and I saw a team picture, and it was red. Yeah. I was like, they're definitely, you know, teal blue or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, it used to be University of South Carolina, like you said, Florence, or maybe Myrtle Beach or something like that. Yeah, I remember. So, Francis Marion was USC Florence... And then Coastal was USC Conway. That's what it was. Wow. So USC had like five different yeah. USC's in the state. Dang, yeah. They got a whole stronghold over South Carolina. Tell yeah. you now they got Lancaster, Sacchahatchee, yeah. Sumter. I don't even know where that is. I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's, it's way in the backwoods. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, so, fellas, good to be back for another episode. Y'all make sure y'all go check out our episode that we had to collab with Weight of the Eight. Go run that up. It's even on YouTube. Them boys got that thing on That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. When they said all platforms, they ain't live. <laughs> they got live <laughs> once. When you dropped it under the Twitter, it's like, okay, which one of these am I going to use? But, fellas, it seems everybody has been, I guess even we're technically outside this summer, but it seems like everybody's like on trips and stuff. Y'all notice yeah, that? Yeah, I definitely have noticed that. I mean, I had to take a little trip, but definitely see some people making moves and getting tired of being inside the house so it's like yo let me go ahead and make a little move to whether it be a beach or the mountains like you see people everywhere a lot of them in mexico though like Jeez. i'm seeing people everywhere but like mexico seems to be like the spot i'm telling you i told you i'm trying to get the one to two seats cowboy cancun but people have been like all over the place eating that real mexican food in mexico yeah. You know what I'm saying? But definitely seems like everybody is trying to make this to be like the, the second version of Summer 16. Yeah. It's just you paying for it now. Yo, yeah. that's what I was telling somebody that I was working with. Like, 
it just seemed like I feel like culture itself looks back at 2016 as this time just like if you talk about 2016 like you know like yeah. there was just so much going on and I feel like I don't know if I'm being subjective because like I was graduating high school then and going into college but mm. like y'all I've heard people like 25 27 on up say yo summer 16 was my best summer like, recently. <laughs> so yeah hopefully we can kind of reinvent that this uh summer 21 it's crazy how like I feel like 2016 and 2020 have like the opposite energies mm. yeah like most people like have nothing good to well nothing but good things to say about 2016 but 2020 no one has anything yeah. good to say really <laughs> yeah so. the music i think the music that was dropping during that time too like all the different projects and stuff and mm-hmm. it, like specifically us because we just graduated and had a lot of money you know coming yeah. off of graduation parties yeah and so it's like if you see people was trying to do something it's like let's go do it you feel me? yeah yeah music can be a really good indicator of how a summer is going to be bro mm-hmm. i feel like is if Drake drops, it's gonna be a hot summer, you know, because uh, man, that dude really does like run the summer in terms of like music, mm-hmm. hits, bars, or whatever. We still waiting on him to drop this album. We need it, Drake. Go ahead and drop it for the kids. A-S-S-S. Certified lover boy. He's I think he's recovered from his torn ACL. It's been six months, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got Polo G is dropping. Who did the intro? Well, he didn't do it for us, but his song yeah. is the intro. But anyway, he's got one dropping. I think it's June 11 too. I think a lot of people are really in tune to him. I think he's a uh, part of that next generation of great music. For sure. Yo, but like with people on the move, like I definitely saw that. Cause I took a trip out to California this past week. Good time, but yo, those flights are packed. Like mm. it was 100% capacity every single time. And for a minute, I was like, how are we going to do this social distancing thing? Like, yeah. that's not a thing. I, of course, they're going to make you wear your mask on the flight, which is no problem. But like, yo, people are out and about, like mm. ready to go. Did you fly Delta Spirit? I was on American. I was on American. <laughs> I mean, so, how did it go? It was pretty smooth. It wasn't too bad. Like, so I don't have very much history being on like airplanes, so I can't say I have a preference. Like, I've flown Delta, I think once or twice. I've flown American twice for sure. And honestly, I think that's it because mm-hmm. I've only been on a plane uh, like three or four times. Yeah. Um, but it, it was smooth. Like when I first got to the bay, like landing in there it was very very rough like apparently there was like real bad wind warnings or something so when i was touching down it felt like we were about to crash into the ocean <laughs> like oh boy yo <laughs> how, no how their airport is set up like you don't see the airport until like you're landing so oh, you're coming gosh. over water and you're like yo are we in the right place <laughs> so it ended up uh being good of course i'm still here so um no big deal there but yeah the flight was about like five hours so wasn't too long but also wasn't short it gave you a lot of time to think and chill so it was a good time man i'm gonna definitely have to be on uh, a plane pretty soon again the reason i asked you about the flight was because it seems like right now the going trend on twitter is these fights on the plane yes have y'all seen those uh what was that once we um Said if you fly spirit, they'll turn you into one. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, and it's like the, the people on the car, like go sit down, and it's like it's like somebody aunties up there. Mm-hmm. So uh, the spirits definitely make a name for themselves. Hopefully, everybody got some stocks. While uh, turn this up financial episode. <laughs> Hopefully, somebody got some stocks in uh, Delta or American Airlines or something when the pandemic first hit, and so now you're running that money up. Bruh, I couldn't imagine someone fighting on the plane while I'm on the plane yeah. in the mm-hmm. air, bro. I would be like, what are y'all doing, yo? <laughs> like, I saw another tweet where it was like, yo, the pilot should just drop out of nowhere just to make them realize, <laughs> wait, where we are. Like, we in the air. 
And then I'm pretty sure if you fight on the plane, you might get a lifetime ban. Oh, definitely. Immediately sure. on that no-fly list. And you don't yeah. get off of it. <laughs> Yo, I feel like that might be a felony, honestly. Because yeah. you're putting so many people at risk when you do that. Yeah. And then, the, like, at one of them, the flight attendant whatever got hit, too. Dang. And so it's like, once this happens, it's like, who do we go to? Yeah. So we're going to start having police officers on the plane. I ain't lying to you. They already got them on the yeah, plane. Yeah, the air marshals. Like, the air marshals. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. That Yo, sounds official. That's something I was thinking about because, like, apparently they don't disclose themselves. Like, yeah, they're, uh, in, like, incognito. undercover. Incognito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, yo, one of y'all on here has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, uh, cool, like, well, I was about to say cool to think about. I don't know if that's the coolest thing to think about, but at least you're protected if yeah. something yeah. happens, you know. Because nobody wants to be, like, a sitting duck in any situation. Mm-hmm. But since we're talking about the planes and stuff, Josh, you mentioned it. But just give us a little bit more, like, how was it going out there to the Bay? Most of us haven't been out to the West Coast. Yeah, man, that was my first time going out there. And, yo, when people say the West Coast is different, it definitely is different. Like, it's just, I think the biggest thing for me was the time change, just realizing how, like, how much that affects things. Because in my head, I was over here thinking, like, yo, it's super late in the day, like, it's uh like mentally i was thinking maybe it might be like 10 o'clock 11 o'clock it's time to go to sleep it's seven o'clock like yeah nba games are coming on like primetime games i remember that was like the first week the uh the playoffs were starting so they had a game at like 4 30 and then they had another game at like 6 30 and yeah. that sounds perfect because like if you're if you're working there like you're getting off work or you got time like to go different places go to a bar or whatever but like here on the east coast it's like Yo, that 4.30, that's a 7.30 tip-off. That oh, that 6.30, that's yeah. a 9.30 tip-off. So that game isn't finishing until, like, 11, 11.30, 12. Yeah. But out there, it's like this game will finish around, like, 9, 9.30, and I still got time to do whatever. So, yeah, that I could definitely see how, like, that kind of affects the lifestyle. It's very more, like, laid back but still kind of, like, go at your own pace. Um, but, bro, like, I definitely do see – why people want to be out there because the sites are beautiful man like it, it really is different there's water everywhere like big buildings and stuff it, i feel like it's a it's a lot for anyone like if you wanted to go out there and maybe you're into like i don't know more nature stuff like there's that for you if you want to check out like the beaches and like i don't know a downtown city area like you can definitely get that so i feel like it's kind of the best of both worlds but then you got those prices they're not lying about those prices. They're not lying about them. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like whenever you think of like that specific, like the Bay Area too, you think of like, okay, everything's a lot more expensive yeah. and the cost of living is much higher and stuff like that. Did you see a lot of people like out and about, kind of how we are down here in the South or <clears throat> everybody's still masking up or what have you know? Yeah, you like? see, it's way different than uh, the South in terms of like people being out. Like it was honestly a little weird because I was like, expecting like it to be kind of a hustling bustling city um but it was not that like it was definitely people still kind of sheltering in place like some businesses still closed down or having some like different hours um and one of the things that i was wanting to do is like go around and look at some like apartments and stuff but i was walking in downtown oakland and like these apartment complexes were closed like i couldn't do nothing in terms of like seeing or touring or anything so they definitely do take it uh a little bit more seriously than how we do here but um they're supposed to be like opening up for good like i think maybe june 15th or something like that coming soon so maybe i went a little bit too early but uh 
yeah, it's it's a stark difference seeing South Carolina versus seeing uh, the Bay Area or, or anywhere in California. I know the people over there are ready to get back out and die as well. But yeah. Like, if, if it's a whole cultural difference as far as them staying in, though, they're probably a lot more understanding to it. Yeah. As far as here, we're like, at this point, I keep saying South Carolina's a wannabe Texas. It's like, we For just sure. don't. We <laughs> it's like, like, because nowadays you go to the gas station, people not really trying to wear the mask anymore. No. I think they've, a lot of the gas stations, they've taken, like, the little signs off of it. So yeah. it's kind of like if you want to, and you just see most black people still got them. Yeah, you can definitely tell a difference between kind of like more conservative states and more like liberal states because like the liberal states are definitely like masking up still, very taking taking it very seriously. But then you got kind of like the South and they are not taking it seriously at all. It's kind of like completely up to you. Like I joke around with people that I work with out there that, uh, hey, South Carolina has been open this whole year, like yeah, this past definitely. year. like. I was working at Planet Fitness last year, and we opened up, uh, I think it was July 1st, and ever since then, we've been completely open in South Carolina, so it was completely a different shock to me, like, it almost felt like I was traveling back in time a little bit, like, what it was like when the pandemic first started out here. Yeah, um, speaking of Planet Fitness and the mass stuff, <laughs> um, so I work at Planet Fitness now, yes, sir. and so also, note about Aiken, South Carolina. Most people here are over the age of like 70, uh, which is like COVID, like prime time. Yeah, prime time. Like, <laughs> prime you, time we I'm all saying. should be taking it seriously, but like y'all should definitely be taking it seriously. Um, but anyway, so like I'll have all these like very much older people, they always come up to me and be like, okay, well, when do we have to stop wearing a mask? Like complaining about how horrible it is to wear the mask, about like how fake COVID is and stuff like it's that. Like, to their whole story. Yeah, I'm like. I don't need to hear this. <laughs> Dog, I'm here. I'm 11 an hour. I don't get paid for this. <laughs> this just, is already too much right here. Yeah. It just happened. But thinking about it, those should be the people that, like, yo, exactly. these are in place for you. <laughs> like, my guy, like, this 70-plus-year-old person, we're doing this for you. Like, like I'm 23. I'm good. Yeah. Like, but anyway, yeah, that's just crazy. No, it's funny. It's like, we're trying to keep you around here for 20 more years. Yeah. But if you do see any of these people, this is a shameless plug. Make sure you let them know that I do sell life insurance. <laughs> you got to put the plug in. <laughs> in case they need so, y'all, make sure y'all hit me up. Just DM the, uh, Dominic the Decade on Instagram. I can't get you hooked up to some life insurance. That was a great shameless plug. <laughs> nah, that was a good one. Hey, that was a smooth one. Yeah, I see Yo, it. But Adarius, how is it at Planet Fitness like... Are people, is it full, like kind of how it was before? Or I know you weren't working there yeah. before, but like, are people coming back out and are people like not wearing the mask, you know? So we, we have been signing up a lot more people, um, but then also like a lot of people like canceled their memberships when COVID started, like yeah. have started to come back. Um, so we're seeing like a lot of new people come in too. Uh, and I would say that like the mask, so people have never had, well, they haven't had to wear masks to work out, yeah. but now because Aiken is, um, they've rolled back their mask mandate, so no one's wearing a mask to come in either. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So like literally the, it was a Friday night that Aiken City Council voted on getting rid of the mask thing. Yeah. I work at six o'clock every morning. When <laughs> I tell you the day. next morning, <laughs> these people were not wearing masks, I'm like, how did y'all leave the new the newspaper hadn't reported it yet so like, how did y'all know <laughs> that is hilarious yo. yeah that's uh people love listening to governments and like authority whenever it's something to benefit oh, yeah, them yeah, sure. they on it real quick when that happens but if it's something restricted now nah let Swear. me wait a minute let me see you know and they can quote exactly who said yeah. it why they said it and all their credentials 
Uh, it's funny, like, I'm at Move, so ironic that both y'all work at Planet Fitness. I'm at Move Fitness. And uh, it's funny because right now they're still saying you technically have to wear it. But it's like literally everybody wears the mask just so they walk in, say, hey, scan their card. And as soon as they get upstairs, they take it off. Yeah, like, we know what's going on. Like, yeah. Come on. It's fine. And it, because, see, there's this big health concern thing going around. Like, if you're working out with the mask on, you're kind of breathing back in your yeah. own waist. Yeah. And it's like the long-term effects, that can be extremely detrimental. Yeah. So I kind of get where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. One of the guys told me, but and like it was an older guy. He was like, son, you need to take that mask. I'm like, brother, I'm trying to keep you here. Yeah. <laughs> I can take it off. I'm going to recover. Yeah. God forbid. I get, yeah, just cancel that. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, when I was working there last summer during the height of the pandemic, it was like, of course you have the mask mandate and stuff and that's when like people weren't sure about like how things would go um what even was the best like solution to it or whatever but even at the height of the pandemic they said if you want to work out without a mask like you can because yeah. technically like you're supposed to like breathe out your your waste in terms mm -hmm. of like your air so I, I think it was like a legal thing that they couldn't have people working out with masks or mandate them to. Yeah. Um, they can only just suggest it. So it's crazy, it's crazy to see how far we've come, but like also kind of how we stay the same. So. Yeah. Do y'all think that we've gotten so much more information or that's why people are kind of just doing whatever? Or do y'all think it's just like people are just sick and tired of it? Those are two very different things. And I'm just kind of sitting here wondering. So... I'm going to say I think it's a little bit of both okay. because I think and the other thing too that I, people will randomly just walk up and just start sharing political opinions <laughs> with and I don't get it but anyway shout um, out yeah shout out <laughs> <laughs> but um so a lot of people will be like frustrated with the CDC because like and rightfully kind of so because they change like what the mandates so and stuff are like at least two to three times a week and so a lot of people I think are just like F it I'll just do what I want to do and yeah. just like take the take the risk whatever yeah um so yeah, I think it's just like the fact that we're getting so much information and like a lot of it is also like very contradictory at times. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I feel like people just don't know who or what to trust at this point. So it's like, it's already been a year of this. Do I want to just keep going along with like, oh, the CDC says this. Oh, well, next day we say this. Or like a month later it might switch up. So I feel like people are like, yo, I, I've done this too long. So I am in the boat of thinking like people are just fed up with it. You know, yeah. so I do think there are people that are like legitimately waiting around to see like what is recommended by health professionals, and, and that's probably the smart thing to do. But I know a large population, um, a large part of the population is definitely like, yeah, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm making my own decision. And the thing is, it's like I already booked the flight for this trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we getting on this flight for this trip, and you're gonna have a good time. You know what I'm saying? So that's it's just, hey, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. But I guess, guys, we can kind of switch the topic up. A little bit. I want to talk about Drake getting artist of the decade? Just a little backstory, y'all. Before we had the whole podcast thing going, I had the idea of Dominic Decade. Didn't really know what I was gonna do with it, but uh, I actually got the idea was because Drake. This was this must have been in twenty twenty still. Yeah, yeah. 2019-2020, He had dropped this photo of him on Instagram, and it had him by the Verizon. I mean, a Virgin Mobile plane in two thousand and ten. In two thousand twenty, it had a picture of him beside Air Drake, and then the caption was, dominate the last decade, let's see if we go for another. Sheesh. And I was like, okay, dominate the decade. Like, you know, you're always trying to one-up everything. Everybody worry about their New Year's resolutions. <laughs> We're trying to dominate the decade. But uh, definitely was super exciting to see him win Artist of the Decade. We're gonna go ahead and drop a clip of like, a, not a motivational, but just kind of like a good articulation of what the decade kind of meant to him and how it came about. Let me tell you something. 
Actors don't rap. Rappers don't sing. Rappers don't come from Canada. Where the fuck is Canada? I'm supposed to believe in this light skin, R&B face, crying on every song. Does he even write his own songs? Write his own songs. I promise you, this is never gonna work. This is never gonna last. Even if he had a cosign, even if Lil Wayne cosigned, it doesn't even matter. Okay, best I ever had was a cute one, but he needs another one. Nah, another one. Nah, f that. You know what? Okay, he did it, but can he do it again? No, again. No, again. No, again. You know what? He's just a lucky guy. Are we sure it's luck? Nine number one albums. Six number one songs. A record 232 songs on the Billboard charts. 45 top 10 chart positions, the most of any artist ever. Are we sure it's luck? The first artist to debut at number one, two, and three simultaneously. More weeks on the Hot 100 than Elvis Presley, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. Most streamed artists of all time. 13 Billboard Awards, the most ever in one night. 27 total Billboard Awards, the most wins in music history. A record 431 weeks on Hot 100. Luck is defined as success or failure apparently brought by chance rather than through one's own action. This is far from chance. This is purposeful choices, selfless gestures, relentless hours, and a whole lot of good karma. This is clinical, surgical, militant. Even when they don't want to compete anymore, you find someone to challenge every single time, even if that someone is yourself. It's not luck, my good friends. It's certain destiny. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Drake dominated decade. What are y'all thoughts? Yo, it is crazy to see like the run that Drake has been on this yep. whole the whole past decade. Like, because when you think about it, like I'm actually trying to think about it right now. What grade was I in in 2010? Maybe like coming out of middle, middle school? school. Middle school. Yeah, sure. definitely middle school. So like, bro, I remember like Drake and Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj. Like that was definitely a thing. And back then. Um, Wiz Khalifa was also hot too. Yeah. Like black and yellow. Yeah, there yeah. there were so many people like that came out at that like that stage, but I think like a lot of people say it's all about the longevity of it. Like you can be hot for a summer, for two years or whatever, but are you gonna be around in 10, 20 years and are people gonna listen back to what what you're putting out right now? And like with Drake, people still talk about like his first album. Like yes. it, and he's just He's set a bar, like, I think, let me let me be careful with my words here, but it, it's hard to think about someone that has, like, dominated a decade like he has, yeah. in the way mm -hmm. that he has, and I do think that, like, social media becoming big whenever it did, like, in this decade helps that, but, like, it still says a lot about him to withstand the test of time and keep putting out good music and doing big things in the business world, so... Yeah, a huge shout out to Drake. And when you think about it, and also there's, I want to hear what you got to say, mm -hmm. but when you think about it, like for the expectation, 
starting off with what so far gone. Yeah, yeah. Was, okay, so this is gonna be a guy, and he keeps raising the expectation and meeting the expectation. That's yeah. really hard to do with people because people are after a certain point they don't want to see you win no more. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like even if you don't like it, it's like, God, dog, the music was good. But it, yeah. what you thought about it? I know. So for me, it's crazy because like I still remember like the very first Drake performance I ever saw, like the very first Drake song I ever wow. heard. So it was the BET Awards. Uh, and so, and how much of a memory this is for me? I can tell you what this man was wearing. Yeah. And I don't remember what I was wearing yesterday. But anyway, uh, but anyway, he was at the BET Awards. I think it was the same year Michael Jackson died. Um, but anyway, he performed like a uh, best I ever had, and it was yeah. the first time I ever heard it. And I was like, oh, like th- I can rock with this, you yeah. know. Um, and so just to think about like me seeing Drake, who's like you know skinny, like no one's really giving him a second thought at this point, yeah. uh, to turn into like who he is now, like man. He had like a candle that smelled like him, like last year, and like released it, and people bought it. It's like to just see you go from like one to the other is just great. Yeah, and um, you can yeah. you can clearly see like the evolution that he has, like just appearance alone. Like I feel like looking back at him at like 2010 around that area, um, you can definitely tell like his face was a little bit more immature. Yeah. Like it, the way he dressed was different, you know. But now you see him like 10 years later, and like. Yo, he's that dude. So, yeah, oh, and sure. he definitely acts it. He definitely talks his stuff. So, huge shout out. And to come in the game as an actor, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. one of the grassy, and then to come in the game as a rapper. And they always say like, the culture is at that time is based upon the hottest guy. So that time it was Lil Wayne. So you got this rapping guy, but he's co-signing this kid that sings yeah. and he raps and can go back mm-hmm. and forth with it. And to see what he's turned into now, it's just been great. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, and it's also cool, cause like. Obviously, Drake has always been viewed as like, oh, like just the emotional, like light skinned yeah. dude or whatever. Yeah. But like the fact that he's like, okay, cool, well, y'all gonna say it, I'm gonna lean into it and then like dominate in that way. I think that that's another cool thing too, like playing chess, not checkers. Yeah, yo, and he dominates so many different lanes. Like, he, I really do think Drake has music for any person in the world. Like, yeah. whether you like that, that hard, I'm really coming at you, like bars, freestyle, if you like that, he has that. If you want to hear me serenade you, talk about like love and stuff like that, I got that. And then he got the, the pop hits too for the radio for the summer. It's just like, man's bag is deep for sure. And I just want to list some of the albums. So you got So Far Gone, Thank Me Later, Take Care, Nothing Was The Same. If you're reading this, it's too late. What A Time To Be Alive, this is a run. Mm-hmm. Views, More Life, Scorpion, then obviously he dropped The Care Package. The Dark Lane demo tapes where he kind of came back. But do y'all have, like, a favorite album? Mm, I really like Nothing Was The Same. Yeah. Um, and kind of like I was talking about on Way To The Eight, I listen to music a little bit differently. Like, if a, if an album hits me and it relate, or I relate to it, like, at that time period, then it's going to, like, hold a memory for me, you know? Yeah. So, like, Nothing Was The Same, I think that might have been, like, 2016, maybe? I it think might, it was a little bit before. It well, might have been like 2014. Yeah, 2013. 2013, okay, yeah, way before. Um, but I just remember, like, I was probably coming into high school then. But, like, yes, sir. listening to that, like, I was like, man, I remember this song. Like, Just Hold On, We're Going Home was a big yeah. one. Like, yo, he, he gave you everything you needed on that one. So I can't say that's his best, but in terms of, like, my personal favorite, I definitely do rock with that. He even said that that was his, he felt like that was his favorite album. And it's crazy because I didn't really get into music like that until like probably senior year of high school. Otherwise, yeah. I'll just listen to whatever's on the radio. Exactly. 
but nothing was the same. I remember everybody coming out the hallway like, this thing will have you calling your exes. And I'm like, y'all like sophomores in high school. How many exes y'all got? Yeah. Like, clearly, I was behind the game and that thing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Really, like nothing was the same. Like uh, views, uh, views is views summer sixteen. Yeah. yeah. So Western Road flows. Yes. Uh, and what about you, Adidas? Uh, gotta say views okay. for starters. Uh, but then also, for similar reasons. I think uh, so far gone mm. for me was because like that was the <laughs> point where, like I was kind of like not listening to like the music like my mom and them was listening to like yeah. it was one of the first albums that like I listened to because like I liked the music regardless of what other people thought about it. Um, I mean, over find your love like two of my favorite songs just of all time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell like back then Drake was hungry. You yeah. know, like he he wanted to show what he had and. You know, seeing that sustained over a whole decade, you know, like, I think that's just a testament to how hard work can really put you where you want to be. Like, if you go back and listen to So Far Gone, he's talking about, like, what he wants to do, like, while he's at, like, today's time, you know? Like, he's like, yo, I can't wait till I'm really living out here, doing my thing and making these big moves. Um, And now you see him, like, living that. So it's like, that's why long-term thinking is always important. That's why you got to dominate the decade the uh there the crazy go. thing i just remember too um i think it was it was over that was i had that song recorded on my phone like i heard it on the radio and like had to hold my phone like to the radio and record it so i can listen to it <laughs> it's like a ringtone exactly i just remember that and now i think about it, you know, one of his songs he even says stick around we'll see all right we'll see around who we'll see around who's who's still around a decade from now yeah. and so like definitely he was thinking like this i'm going for the long term win what song do you think of when you think Drake? Like, immediately, name one. Controller for me. Controller, Josh? I would say Do Not Disturb. I, I was just about to say that, but why do you, why? Bro, honestly, that was my favorite song off of Views, and now that y'all boys said it, like, I think Views is probably, Views and Nothing Was The Same is yeah. probably 1A, 1B to me. Um, but yeah, Do Not Disturb, I feel like it was just the perfect outro to that album, like, and how he ends it, too. Oh, man. Is that where he says, like, see who's around? And yeah, it might I be. Think so. Yeah, it I think that's be. how he ends it, too. So it's like, that just hit. And just listen to, I personally love when Drake, like, talks his shit, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. when he freestyles and when he kind of it is really saying, hey, I'm on this level. Like, there's some other people on this level, too. But, hey, a lot of y'all not going to touch this level. Yeah. So I like when he talks like that. So anytime he's freestyling or going straight in, that's why I really like the lemon pepper freestyle yeah he, he was talking his game on there too for like um, four minutes four minutes straight <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like man i love seeing really talented people do what they do best and i mean drake is almost as talented as they come when it comes to rapping so definitely the song i'm thinking i'm pretty sure it's called paris mort music yes too, with, with drake uh, with uh what's uh no jay Jay. yeah, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. one i love western road flows can't of everything. We could almost like I think of rap radar. That's y'all know that Drake interview. I almost could be like we could have our own like this whatever of just Drake and himself because yeah. dude's just been killing the game. He really has. Yeah. He really has. And yo, I saw. Um, I think there was a debate on Twitter like going around the last couple of days, like the Mount Rushmore for the uh, the top people over the like 2010s decade. So yeah. on there, correct me if I'm wrong. They had Drake. Yeah. They had Kendrick, yep. J. Cole, and mm-hmm. then like an open spot. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think about that? Darius, I need to hear your thoughts. Okay. So, I have personal opinions about this person that I will lay aside for the sake of this argument. Uh, <laughs> because I think that 
the contribution that they've made to music, specifically rap, I, I, don't, I don't think you can argue that. We can argue about the person all day. But I think Nicki would be like that fourth spot for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, just because of the way that, like, female rap was, like, kind of a dying thing. Yeah. Uh, until she came along, and then, like, that's when you started to see all these other, like, females start to, like, or not females, women, dominate uh, the rap game and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, and she's, she's got the numbers to prove it. I mean, the way that she dropped an old mixtape that is doing, like, more numbers than, like, you know, people's last albums yeah. and stuff. Like, people already been listening to the music for, like, a good 10 years, for if sure. not more. If you think about it, her and Drake kind of came in at the same time. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, hey, they've been dominating decade, too. So Kanye even said that Nicki's, like, one of the, like, could be, like, the second best. Now, I don't know all the context, too, but it was in an interview, and he was like, he thinks he might want to, she has the potential to be, like, one of the best to ever to do it. Yeah. And just, I'm glad you said Nicki. I got some context uh, just to kind of remind people who she is. Uh, she released several hit uh, albums, including Pink Friday, Pink Friday, Roman Reloaded, The Pink Print, and Queen, which have all been certified platinum at least once. Her first two LPs peaked at number one on the Billboard 200. She also has multiple top ten singles, including Superbad, Starships, and Anaconda. Do y'all remember when she like kind of first hopped in the game? I don't as much because I was kind of like, I think you said it, Darius, like you were just starting to listening to like your own type of music yeah that probably happened for me around like early middle school maybe late middle school or getting into high school yeah so like i didn't really listen to too much nikki but like going back and listening now it's kind of like oh yeah she was she was in her bag too yeah um i think i started listening to drake and nikki around the same time i I was never really like super big into nikki but like i just like heard her music yeah um i think it's interesting because like me and like this girl who lived down the street would always like walk to the bus stop together and it's like she was a huge Nicki fan and so I would listen to um I think it was Freaky Girl with like Nicki Gucci Man and uh Lil Kim oh yeah uh and so that I think was the first Nicki song I heard and I was like okay cool like I can kind of rock with this a little bit um and then that's when she started to like kind of blow up even more uh Bedrock was another thing that's kind of yes. how I like differentiated like all these different like young money people um so yeah I remember a moment for life. Yeah, that I, I remember when that thing dropped. I was like, "Holy snap!" And then also, uh, you remember on my beautiful dark twisted Monster. twisted fantasy yeah, yeah. when Monster. It's yeah. like, "Yo, who is it?" She was even talking. It's like I get more money than I forgot what it is. Like I charge half you charge for a feature. Yeah, yeah. It was some crazy stuff, and I was like, "I don't know who this is." Yeah. Coming in heavy. Yeah, my prices are like twice your prices, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and, and if you look at that song, I feel like that really puts her in the company that she should be in because it's like. Yo, you got Jay-Z on there, you got Kanye, yep. I, I think it was just them three. But like, yo, she honestly might have the best verse on that uh, that song. Like, yeah. it's debatable, but like, I know plenty of people that are like, yo, Nicki's verse on Monster, like, I rock with that the most. So it's mm-hmm. like, yo, she is definitely one of the greats. Um, it's good to see her getting like, um, her, ro- her roses while she's still here too, so. And Rick Ross was on that song too, oh, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 he was singing Ross, that hook. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's crazy to think about, but yo, these rappers and artists that we kind of remember being introduced to, like when we were just coming up, like yo, they are the big dogs right yeah. now. Yeah. So it only makes you think about like which one of these rap, which one of these rappers, or which group of these rappers, like right now that are coming out, are gonna be here ten years from now. You know, okay, they asked us this question way to eight, and they kind of hit me out of nowhere with it, so I wasn't really prepared for it, but mm-hmm. I figured it would come up today. So, in my next generation of guys, I got Corday, 
Yeah. I got Jack Harlow. I really think Jack Harlow's gonna keep it coming. I like Polo G a lot. There's one that I'm missing. Like they said, Benny the Butcher, he's kind of been around for yeah. a minute. But there was one more I can't think of. But I remember when they asked us this on Wave 8, and I was just like, shoot, I can't think of any like off yeah. the top of my head. Do you kind of put uh, like Lil Baby, the baby, like all oh, of them? Oh, Lil Baby, like, by the way. I'm just going to say him. Yeah. What are you um, I was just thinking like, I was just asking, did you put like them in like kind of the same, I guess, category as like a Jack Harlow, Polo G, stuff like you that? You said Lil Baby and who else? The uh, Baby. I feel like the baby might have reached his like. I feel like he came in hard. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I know he had been grinding this thing for a minute, but it seems like people the overall narratives on social media became they got tired of hearing the, like the same dun, stuff. Dun, dun, yeah. And I really like this album, Kirk, which is where I started hearing a lot of mm-hmm. the the remarks or whatever. But I don't know. It seems like Lil Baby, since people have kind of fallen off the baby, Lil Baby has went up a whole nother notch. Mm-hmm. And so that's just my opinion. What are your thoughts? Man, so. I'll say this again for the third time. Like, I listen to music a little bit differently. So, like, the people that really hit for me, like, those are my favorites, and I kind of, like, zone in on them. So, my guy Larry June, like, I still bump <laughs> Larry June religiously. Um, and then I listen to a lot of, like, already established people. Like, I really like Jay-Z, really love Kanye. Kanye's probably my favorite artist, artist of all time. Oh, yeah, and that circles me back to around to the conversation oh, yeah. about the Mount Rushmore. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really say who I think will be here like long term because like I was thinking that the baby has kind of carved his own lane in the industry already, but I do kind of feel like you, Matt, like he might have tapped his potential like or mm-hmm. topped it. But I see him doing like a lot of stuff with other artists, local or whatnot. But I guess we'll just see. You know, I don't know. And he was so hot, though, like, whenever he kind of, like, it was like everybody was trying to get on his music and stuff, and he was bringing everybody for features. But it just is so hard to get that high in the state of highs. And I guess that's what we have to shout out Drake, because it's like he's almost had to put out a project every year and haven't disappointed. But are you about to say something? Yeah. I'm going to say something. Uh Uh-oh. It might be a tad controversial if I'm wrong. Uh-oh. But I think the argument can be made. Now, I'm not saying (laughs) that, like, these two people are, like, equivalent. But I think they kind of like are in like the same lane, so to speak. Okay. But just okay. So I'm thinking, the baby is now, or to like Generation Z, like the people younger than us, what Soldier Boy was to us at kind of mm. around the same age. Mm. Like his music isn't like, if I want to listen to rap that is like, has deep lyrics and like you know yeah. meaning beyond just the words itself. Like Soldier Boy isn't the person I'm probably gonna listen to. But like, if you want something that like is gonna hop on social media, go viral, do whatever, or, like, create some new, like, dance craze or whatever. Like, the baby and Soulja Boy are, like, the two people you kind of, like, go to. I can see it. No, that makes sense, honestly. Hey, if you ask Soulja Boy, he created rap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, he really does have a claim to, like... A lot of stuff. That, yeah, he does. He does. He doesn't, uh... He doesn't bring it about in the best way. He's like, I'm the one who started yeah. all this. <laughs> but he does have some legitimacy because, like, he was really the first real social media rapper or rapper to get... Mm-hmm big off of social media and I feel like just looking back you will kind of look at Soldier Boy like yo this is the first person to really do that and there's this whole industry that's yeah. based on like the internet you know like cause that might have been what like 2007, 2008 that was, early, bro. That was real or yeah. it might have been 2005 I was elementary school yeah I remember Craig that Soldier Boy that was hot bro like everyone was doing it I remember going to Ridgeview High School at a basketball game and all the dudes with the huge jeans with the huge t-shirts they was all in the bleachers <laughs> at the same time you. 
I looked at my mom. I said, I need new T-shirts. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> hey, to kind of circle it back again, like he might be a spot on that uh, Mount Rushmore. Hey, let's not he go there. He created Mount Rushmore. <laughs> let's not go there. Hey, so, all right, my round, Mount Rushmore. So, I had a little bit of a problem with uh, them automatically putting J. Cole in there. That's what a lot of people have been saying. Um, so, Drake is definitely on it, for sure. Kendrick is... Q def- hurt you, whatever he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, let, let me know. <laughs> Hey, Q, we love you, dog. Uh, Kendrick is definitely on there. Um, J. Cole, I feel like you have to work your way around the argument. You can argue that he's in there for sure, but you would have to do a little bit more convincing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like snubbing Kanye off, like, I feel like you just can't do that. And maybe I am biased. I am biased. But, <laughs> yeah. yo, think about the albums that Kanye has put out over the past 10 years. Yo, My Beautiful Dark, dark Twisted Fantasy. Jesus, like Life of Pablo, like he's been on so many different things, produced so many different things. Um, watch the throne, like come on, bro, like yeah. you, you can't. Kanye is in his own lane, honestly. So I would say those will be the three for me, and then it will kind of be up to that fourth spot. And for me, I would probably put J Cole there. I feel like the real battle is between J Cole and Nicki, um, but. You honestly could even say Jay-Z, too, because, like, even though he's been in the game for a while, like, he was still putting out music this whole decade, and, like, good music, too, so, I don't know, it's a, it's a personal preference thing, but for me, it would have to be, uh, Drake, I would put Kanye in the top spot, number one, but, uh, Kanye, Drake, um, J. Cole, and then Kendrick. Hey, I have to mention this. Yo, because I heard his argument. I was even listening to academics, kind of like what he thought about it. But we must never forget future. It's like, That's academics said really well. He's like, you have so many examples of, like, songs. You know, not the whole album, but at least a good bit of songs on each of future's albums. Yeah. And it's like, you know them word for word. Mm-hmm. So it's like, future, I have to throw them in there. I probably would put them on, I'm kind of lazy, but it's just for future in that fourth spot and call it a day. I understand the Nicki Minaj argument. Definitely understand the Kanye West but uh, Future really has been doing it, and he stays relevant, too, which is yeah. also amazing to say. Yeah. The only reason I wasn't thinking Kanye personally uh, is just because I wouldn't put him... I wouldn't say that he's, like, one of Drake's or, like, Nicki's and his contemporaries. Because, mm. like, Kanye was already, like, an established yeah. artist yeah. before they came along. Okay. Yeah, so, not to say sense. he doesn't deserve a spot on a Mount Rushmore, but I wouldn't put him on that one with yeah. them. Yeah, so if you're looking at, like, people that came up and, like, really got into their own lane over the 2010s I wouldn't include Kanye in there either Um, but in the way that I was interpreting the conversation was like who put out the best music over the last 10 years you know so I feel like that changes it a little bit but no I definitely hear what you're saying and so I guess guys we can kind of go off of there and kind of bring it back home another hot topic that's been going around is the whole Kwame Brown situation man Kwame Brown this man like he's kind of like kind of I know he was the number one pick at one point in time but he's kind of got like a whole new platform out of this yeah. now people are paying a lot more attention yeah. googling his name a lot more than you would have otherwise just for some backstory on him Kwame Brown's from Charleston South Carolina yes, but sir. went to Glenn Academy in Georgia dominated ended up becoming the number one overall pick to by the Wizards in the 2001 NBA draft, he came straight out of high school, just like Jermaine O'Neal, you know, Kobe yeah. Bryant, etc. But when he got drafted, he went to the Wizards and under Michael Jordan, and from there, whatever else happened. Yeah, and he's definitely labeled as one of the biggest busts in NBA history, yeah. which, whether that's rightful or not, like, 
I mean, that's kind of like what started this whole argument. Like, people clown on Kwame Brown. Even though this man was in the league for like 10 years, you yeah. know, he's over here. He talks about it all the time. Like, he uh, it was making these checks like for 10 years. And he says, if I'm a bust, like, every man in America should try to be a bust. Um, but just to see like how, like, retroactively looking at it, how people talked about him, like, as a 19 year old kid, that that really doesn't resonate right. And yeah. maybe we can like clip the, the Stephen A audio um, and put it in, but Stephen A was probably the main one to like rip him to shreds. Like, and this is when he was first coming into the league. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, but he was like, Kwame Brown is a bona fide scrub. Like, <laughs> yo, he went on a whole tangent on him. And like, okay, that's cool. That's your job to do. But looking at it from like a black man perspective, mm-hmm. like take away sports, take away entertainment and stuff like that. Like, you're on live television tearing down a 19-year-old kid, you yeah, know? Yeah. And one of the things Kwame says, like, now, looking back on it, like, yo, think about what would have happened if you guys were instead pouring life into me. Or well, and, and he talks yeah. a lot about how um, Michael Jordan, like, he would tear him down. He would say, oh, you're a bum, you're terrible. Same thing with Kobe. He said Kobe did kind of the same thing. Um, but just imagine if, like, those guys were – speaking life into him, kind of like tutoring him around. And, and not to say that he was completely absolved of like responsibility or it wasn't his fault that he didn't turn out to be what he was supposed to be. But like, I don't know, it just, it makes you think of things outside of sports, outside of basketball mm. to kind of view, okay, maybe this could have turned out differently if there were other people like really reaching back and trying to help him. I could only imagine you come into the league, Jordan's tearing you down, so that's killing your confidence. It's like, all right, finally we get about the Wizards. And I think Gilbert Arenas has said by the time he got to uh, Washington, it's like the kid's confidence was gone. Yeah. And then you leave there and go to the Lakers with Kobe. Mm. And it's like, okay, this is his understudy. So he's pro- I'm sure Jordan mm. made a phone call to Kobe. <laughs> like, hey, bro, this dude ain't really getting it done, so you're going to have to motivate him or whatever. So I'm like, dog, it can't be a harder start into a league where you're the number one pick. And then, yeah. like we said before, <laughs> Expectations already sky high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Steven, they still ripping into this man. Always. Um, <laughs> he stay on them. Because I watched a video to just kind of get ready for this. Um, he showed a minute worth of uh, Kwame Brown's just like fails and Low just lights, like him yeah. just like, you know, missing the ball, stuff like that. And then he made sure he said, I only showed you a minute, but I have 15. <laughs> I'm like, dang, like yeah. all this hate for like what? Yeah. And like, yeah. it's cool because like that's your job and especially Stephen A, he's, he kind of gets paid to kind of hype things up in the theatrics yeah. of it. Um, but it's just like, man, and Kwame talks about this. He, he talks about a lot of the people like in media today as if like, yo, you're still kind of perpetuating this system of slavery or the system of like um, the white person like tearing down the black person, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, yo, they're, you, they have y'all on air to tear down black people. And like, if you think about it like that, you can kind of see, like, yo, they do do that a little bit. Or, like, why is it that they go so hard on certain people, like, hold these expectations up to them? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it gives you a lot to, to think about. But the main thing that uh, he was saying is, like, he's a free black man, a true f- uh, free black man right now because he has his own business. He makes his own money. Like, he, he does everything on his own accord. So he can say whatever he wants, and that's why when he gets on YouTube, it's like, I can cuss, I can say whatever, I can come at y'all, but can y'all do the same thing? <laughs> no, because someone else is paying y'all, 
So <laughs> you are liable to say the things that they want you to say. And that's the dope thing, like kind of when you get out of sports into the business world, that's kind of how it yeah. goes. And I was thinking kind of to go back to what you were saying too about tearing down black, like, you know, black guys or whoever tearing down other uh, like athletes or whatnot. Can you imagine, especially now in the social media age, because not only do you hear from Stephen A or Shannon Sharp, whoever the case may be, then their opinions go to the, every, the consumers, everybody yeah. else, and now we have social media. So, like, a lot of times, like, I don't know if y'all saw in March Madness, the dude misses the shot or whatever for Ohio State, and he's yeah. getting death threats. People yeah. are tweeting you, and, like, you might have your notifications turned off, but you're getting these messages. Yeah. And then, God forbid, you go out in the city and somebody actually want to say it to you, because y'all see now, uh, I know it's kind of changing the subject, but they're pouring. They, they saw they got yeah, I was just food. thinking that. Somebody so, spit on Trey Young? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, bro. And so it's like, like, so literally spitting on people and then like in their comments and stuff after yeah. and they During already, the pandemic too. Yeah, yeah. And they already know they got a bad game. So and it just kinda keeps going and then we wonder how like some of these guys battle with like some mental health problems. Like yeah. look at what y'all are like giving them, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The sport that you one point love is like, yo, this is crazy. Odell had a clip on the shop and he was saying like he'll be at airports sometimes, he'll be like, Dance Odell He'll be like, I'm not an animal. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not how that works. So it's crazy to think about. And uh, well, I was just gonna say he got into it with uh, Charlemagne too. That was a whole other thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Do you know what happened? I didn't see it. So, um, Kwame, that is right. Yeah, Kwame. Yeah. Um, so after the whole like him going back and forth with various people on uh YouTube stuff of that, whatever yeah. he was posting Platform, it to. Yeah. So Charlemagne went on the Breakfast Club <laughs> to try to defend Kwame. <laughs> Terrible job. But so. Charlemagne was like, yeah, just leave Kwame alone because they're both from, like, the Charleston area. Uh, I think Kwame's from Charleston. Charlemagne's from Muck's Corner. Uh, but then Kwame apparently has a lot of friends in, not friends, family in Muck's Corner, whatever. Yeah. So Charlemagne basically was just like, yeah, I know his family. Some people have murdered some people. Um, <laughs> basically just telling, gi- giving away some of his family, like, secrets and drama yeah. that, like, one, a lot of Kwame's family didn't even know yet. Like, his children didn't know. Oh, God. Um, and so Kwame went off about that and was just like, yeah, like my kids didn't even know that, like you going on live to like try to protect me or whatever was the way that they found out. And that's like messed up. Yeah. Um, that's on the largest platform almost in the yeah. world too, the uh, breakfast club. And then, so obviously like Kwame went back at him and was just like, yeah, well you sitting up there talking about me and then like brought up Charlamagne's like rape allegations. Yeah. Um, saying that he had like even admitted to it and like bragged about it on like the breakfast club, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, some other stuff. Um, it was a it was a whole thing. He in, in he the, ripped into uh, Charlemagne, Angela. You got it too. Gee, everybody. Uh, everybody. got it too. <laughs> everybody. I ain't done with you yet, Envy. Yeah. yeah, yo, and, and it's crazy because like all of that is unnecessary. Like, yeah, it's just tearing down each other. But it's like, yo, I can only imagine how this man was feeling for twenty plus years. Yeah. yeah, people saying all this about him. He's staying quiet. Like, you don't really hear anything about him like from him you only hear about it from media or or newspapers Mm -hmm. or whatever and that's what he like kind of preaches now he's like for all these years y'all were hearing whatever they wanted y'all to hear they painted a picture of me but now that i'm able to like paint a picture of myself like they're saying i'm too brash or hey uh, hey you're doing i was about to call him umar there (laughs) but uh, (laughs) hey kwame you're going too hard you're you're stepping over a line but it's like Y'all weren't saying nothing when these people were stepping yeah. on their line. So it's like, hey, I salute the man. Like, of course, it's going to support anybody black. But, like, yo, you're from South Carolina, too? Like, yeah. hey, speak your truth, black man. 
he's saying a lot of unpopular messages right now that are actually kind of counter the media too. Yeah. And it's just interesting to hear somebody kind of come in and disrupt a little bit, but mm-hmm. at the same time say kind of what needs to be said. Yeah, yeah I was going to say because uh, a lot of what he's saying is like very brash and like kind of like not necessarily packaged the way that you like want it to be, but like the man also ain't lying about a yeah, lot of stuff. So. at all, at all. And I saw a thread on um, Twitter talking about how like Kwame is, is good for like 2021 because we're so far away from like people telling the straight up truth about mm-hmm. stuff yeah. and rather kind of like sugarcoating it and they went so far to say like this is and I didn't really fully agree with this but he was like y'all we haven't heard like a masculine man speak to us like and that's been kind of uh I don't know what's the word to they push that away or don't want you to like hear that and we're so mm-hmm. far gone from like that that now that you hear that it's like oh man this is something so crazy but like what Kwame says like yo you know how many people in the barbershop or their dads growing up talk the same way that I do so it's like you can tell that like that's kind of been missing from society it's Mm. like it's it's a good thing if it's done in a good way and I think Kwame is kind of doing it in a good way he definitely does dabble into like yo you're crossing the line but uh (laughs) like masculine speak isn't a bad thing like sometimes mm-hmm. it's portrayed to be so um, cool to see him kind of standing up for his own rights there the world the, the world's gotten so soft yeah that it's like you hear it it's like somebody it's in my back of my mind I feel like somebody like who are the sponsors like somebody needs to cut him off yeah, yeah. It's like no 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 let's no, cancel fella. him let's cancel him let's yeah. cancel him but it's like you can't cancel me I'm already free exactly so yeah so y'all so I guess before this has almost been an hour <laughs> of full disclosure but uh, I guess we kind of end this episode off. This season, I want to try to, like, always kind of finish with a quote. Maybe not if we're, like, interviewing somebody. Yeah. But, like, if it's just us kind of mm-hmm. chopping up with what's going on. And so I had one that I looked at a while back, but I kind of got reminded of it earlier this week. And the quote is, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, like, an amazing quote because it kind of just speaks to just do, like, use your gifts or whatnot. And just hone down into them. If you do work like a job, nine to five or whatever, spend an hour a day thinking about, talking about, getting around people who enjoy what you legitimately like to do. Because at a certain point, and the one that comes to my mind, because I've been uh, looking into him a lot, is uh, DJ Academics, mm-hmm. who's basically like a hip-hop analyst. Mm-hmm. He gets paid, like, uh, what's that? Uh, what is that? Uh, I'm trying to think of this one of these platforms that have been Twitch. recently come out. Twitch yeah. pays them like a multi-million dollars to come on yeah. like three or four days a week just to talk about hip-hop. Mm. And so now he gets connections in hip-hop like a different artist and stuff hit him up and he's just doing what he feels like he was called to do. Mm. And so, I mean, I could hit y'all with athletes, but I think we all know athletes. People come buy tickets, but everywhere from poets to artists or whatever, but it's just like hone down in your craft, spend some time on it every day and then people will come from miles to just watch you do what you want to do in the first place. Yeah, I feel like that quote kind of embodies like, yo, there's a lane for everyone. So yeah. might as well do your own thing. What really makes you happy? What really like excites you? Like go ahead and feed that because like, yo, people will really appreciate you doing the thing that you do, you know, because not everybody can do everything that everyone else can do. Yeah. There's yeah. so many things where it's like, even if it's basket weaving, like I can't weave a basket for anything. But if I go and see like in a market, yo, they have this basket weaved to perfection. Like, yo, you can take a second and really appreciate that, you know? Yeah. So it's like that manifests manifests itself in a lot of different things. So do you be you and dominate it. Yeah, I think 
and the thing that stands out to me uh, is the part that it says, like, people will come from miles to watch you burn or whatever. Because uh, I think something that also holds a lot of people back is, oh, you wonder about, like, you know, are people really going to support me? Are people going to do whatever? Yeah. But, like, if you just do what you love, the right people will come along yes. when they need to. So That's a fact. And sometimes I feel like what stops a lot of people is, like, their immediate circle isn't really mm-hmm. supporting yeah, them with definitely. the things. Yeah. Like, whether it be family, because family can be a big thing in stopping people from their dreams. Mm-hmm. But, or, or friends saying, ah, oh, I don't know about that. Like, yo, if you really are just like honed into you and no one can kind of like deter you off of your path, then I'm sure you'll find some other people, whether it be like across the world or like maybe in another city or whatever that really do appreciate what you're doing too. And two last tips with this one, like this is one I'm kind of big on. This speaks exactly what you were saying. It's like, so let's say you're only a professional soccer player and you're surrounded by a whole bunch of dudes play football. Do not try to get those football players to play soccer. Go yeah. out to a soccer field and go find some other soccer players. Yeah. Somebody will have more information and they'll get you there. And I understand a lot of times people hit me with, like, I don't know what I want to do. And it's like, okay, that's a very good point. What are you interested in? What do you like to do? Yeah. yeah. Where do you spend your time? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, let's start very basic here. Let's not say that we got to fill up all the stands. What do you like to do? And just start doing that. Yeah. And then chances are you'll find some other people. In this day and age with social media, you can literally tweet football, Columbia, South Carolina, and there might be probably a pickup game. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not like how it used to be. You just got to go out to the field and hope somebody's out there. Like, yeah. communication's available, but just hone down into it and see and watch what comes to pass. That's a fact. I was talking to uh, a girl that I was working with, actually, when I was out in the Bay, and uh, she was like, yeah, I just don't have, like, the most interesting interests. Like, really, all I do is sit, really, on YouTube and watch different videos and stuff. I'm like, that's an interest right there. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, you know how many people are making money on YouTube? Like, yeah. it's crazy, but I feel like that's why it's just, we're in a really important time because, like, yo, if you like to do something, I'm sure there's someone out there in the world that, like, would like that same mm-hmm. thing, too. So it's like, there's really no limitations out here. It's like, even if you just watch, if you like to watch YouTube videos, start leaving reviews on YouTube videos. Ooh, like, the YouTube, bet. and that's so dope because, like, a lot of times you put people's music in it, it's copyright, but they can't copyright your voice. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So you can literally get paid, and if they're typing in that video, if they want to see a review, your name pop up, make some shape. Or, like, how many people on YouTube only make, like, commentary videos? Yeah. Like, they just watch other people's videos and just talk <laughs> about them. Like, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to have thoughts. So I, yeah. I may as well just say, am I allowed to make money? Exactly. Like, or, like, bro, me and Darius, we love watching movies. And we be sending audio messages, yeah. messages back and forth. But, yo, we can start a YouTube channel exactly. right there. <laughs> do the same thing. And it's like, yo, there's people out there that, like, do this for a job. Like, yeah. just how they make their money. So it's like, yo, the sky is really the limit with it. And people, I know myself, I spend so much time on YouTube and stuff like that. Like, YouTube's on these platforms. Like, I know a lot of people spend a lot of time on TikTok, but YouTube just has longer content. So you could be on this joint for like an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Hey, now, sorry that we're going over. I know we said we was going to stop in a minute. But, like, TikTok is really, like, a revolutionary platform. Like, there's a huge opportunity on there right now. And, like, if you were... I feel like over the past year, we've seen people blow up from TikTok. Yeah. Like, I don't know if y'all remember, but like when Vine was hot, I was on Vine maybe like two or three months after it started. But like, bro, watching the people that were like big on Vine then, whether it be like King Bat, Batch, Botch, or whatever, yeah. there's a, a few different people, but all of them guys are like doing big things now yeah. in terms of like movies or maybe they're with artists and stuff. Um, I was watching Snowfall. There's a dude in there that he started on TikTok, or not TikTok, Vine. But it's like you're kind of seeing that same thing happen again with TikTok. And you see these people just posting things that they're interested in. Yeah. 
like really gain a following and then after the following comes the advertising dollars come yeah. and then yeah. it really does set up for you so that's me saying hey if you have an interest or you have something that you've always been like yo i would love to kind of talk about this with other people start on tiktok because like it's a it's a small platform right now it's not even small it's huge yeah. now it's yeah. huge but like it's a smaller platform but it's like Yo, it's easy to use. You can get your message out there. Just see where it goes. You yeah. know? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was like just on uh, – now, these this kind of speaking on guys who've developed these platforms and then have been able to go out with advertisers. I was watching I – mean, I think I was just going down Twitter, and Drewski is now partnering with Mountain Dew to yes. do podcast. Yeah. You have doggone Jesse Banks with the Atlanta Hawks getting on the hype up for the games and stuff. And it's like these dudes started with the funny videos, leveled it up a little bit, kept leveling up. And then nowadays, like you said, it's all about gaining that following. Because once they see the following, we'll plug and play them and pay them to do whatever we need them to do. Yeah, that's a fact. And this was a good episode, boys. And we might have to pull back up to USC Aiken once again. (laughs) No, we hit USC Lancaster. (laughs) And we're going to go down the whole USC circle. Yeah, we might have to travel to all of them. But, hey, this is another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast. Y'all boys got anything else? That's it for me. We got to hit some of these. What's the restaurant name? A-Town Wings. Shout out to A-Town Wings. Shout hey, out to A-Town. Hey, maybe we can talk to them about a sponsorship or something, but uh, hey, we'll tune y'all in with that and see if we can get something going. For sure, for sure. So, but, but that's it. Yes, we out. Peace. Adios. Be easy. Yeah. Styling, no. Listen, but got pictures with me smiling, no. All the things you need, you still want problems, though. All the things I know, I still been silent, though. Yeah. Used to be at Silver City Indigo. Used to be in lunchroom playing dominoes. I don't want to have to go to funerals. I got to start sleeping at the studio. I don't have no time to be no Romeo. All the love I need is at the rodeo. All the love I need is here at OVO. Yeah. All the girls I know are there with Ian Throw. Who knows where I end up when that gets old? Maybe it never gets old, and that's just how it goes. Last table left in Carbone, calling plays on a rotary phone. I take a glass of Domina to go with me home. Might move our annual to the dome. I need 40,000 people to see what I'm on. Yeah.